You're listening to the weekly sermon from Antioch East Baptist Church, located in Magnolia, Arkansas. For more information about our faith and local congregation, visit AntiochEast.com. I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Verse 19 of John chapter 3. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone participating in evil, practicing evil, practicing, that's important, I missaid it, practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be uh, clearly seen that they have been wrought or done in God. In these verses, you find two very decisive statements. People love darkness. Now, I know that y'all are used to this, but most churches and most people are not. Now, I'm not saying that a lot of Baptists are Joel Osteenish in their delivery and in their message, but we sure want to talk about the positive things more than anything. And I understand that. I would like to do that too. But my friend, to understand the fullness of the grace of God, the mercy of God, the glory of salvation, the joys of redemption and heaven, you must understand how far away from it you were. Are you, you get that? And I think that the first thing that men and women need to understand is what they are or what they were before Jesus came in. People love darkness. The Bible says that before you are saved, your righteousness is filthy rags. There's none that does good. You say, Brother Ron, I I was a nice person. Or maybe you're lost here and you say, well, I'm a nice. You can't say I'm not a nice person. Yeah, for yourself. Because you had a good mom or daddy. But in your heart, you're probably screaming within yourself, I can't wait till that guy shuts up and I can get out of here. Some of you may think you're saved, but you're feeling that way. You better examine yourself. See if you be in the faith. Men, mankind, people love darkness. And then the second phrase, I got to go quicker than this whoever does what is true comes to the light. Now, that doesn't just mean they, 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 they come out of obligation. They come because mama told them to. They are drawn and want to come to the light. The heart that has truly been saved and born again had a desire to come and hear the Word of God. Worship with the saints. Read the Bible. Do the things of God. Whoever does what is true comes to the light. That is, by the way, you don't do what's true to come to the light. You come to the light because you have understood the light. It is a response to salvation that you come to the light. 
What makes the difference? What makes the difference between the person who wants to come to the light and the person who wants to run from the light? What makes a difference between sometimes in your own family, you have family members that hate church, they hate the Bible, they hate, uh, you know, they, they don't have any desire, but they love drunkenness, they love uh, wickedness, they love uh, filthiness, but you don't. What's the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is in, in a phrase, the new birth. You are changed. You have been born again, and your old man, as we're going to study in Revelation, Romans, is D-E-A-D, dead. That which loved sin, that which hated the light, has died. I can't wait to get to it, as you can tell. But that's not our message this morning. I want to give you four facts about the light of Christ. Four facts about the light of Christ. Light represents here in the scripture holiness and truth. I believe that God, when he manifests who he really is, he shines. That Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration, when they saw him in his glorified state, he, he was glorified. Moses just saw a reflection of God and he glowed for days and days and days. But this is talking about what makes him that way. And that is his holiness and his truth. His truth. In him is no darkness at all. In him is no lie. In him is He is the way, the truth, and the life. Understand that. And we mean that in the sense. We're not talking metaphorically, representatively, what Jesus says, what Jesus does, how Jesus decides is truth. This book is truth because it's his word. It represents the way of God and the way to God. Number one, very simply, under the light has come into the world, or A in your, in your outline, Jesus is the light. I know that's simple, but hey, I don't get tired of saying it, do you? Jesus is the light. John 8, 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You're different because you see truth. You're different because you understand truth. You watch TV different because you know the truth. You listen to Facebook different because you know the truth. You, you, you don't go places that you, that you used to go to because you know the truth. You now go to places you go to now because you know the truth. John 12, 35, then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. Man, does that not describe the world? Running around protesting and tearing down buildings and shooting and killing and running around like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. That's really what it is. No rhyme, no reason. They try to save for a purpose, but you know they don't have any. They're even trying to hurt the ones that are, they say that are on their side. And I'm not just talking politically. No, there's nothing political about these people burning down cities. It's just evil. It's wickedness. 
And the people who support them and won't stand against them are evil and wicked too. That's all I'm going to say. John 12, 46, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Jesus is the light. Number two or B in your outline, Jesus is the light because he is holy. He is righteous. He is truth. Well, I'll tell you what, your truth may be different than my truth. That's a lie of the devil. There's only one truth. Jesus is the standard. This book is the standard. God is the standard. Jesus is righteous. What he says is righteous. What he did was righteous. What he does is righteous. And if we're doing the opposite of it, we're not righteous. Matthew 5, 17, do not think that I came to destroy the law. This is what Jesus, he said, I didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. Jesus fulfilled the law. He's not against it. We're going to talk about that at the end of Romans 6, that uh, it's, the law is not bad or evil. It's just that we've died to it. Jesus fulfilled it for us. We'll look at that later. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that good? I tell you what, that's shouting ground right there. That's talking about that imputation that we've talked about. He imputed his righteousness into us and that gives us the grounds to go to heaven. Number three, Jesus is light because he is the truth and gives us the truth. Jesus is light because he is truth and gives us the truth. In a world that wants to make truth relative and adjustable for the time and the way we live, that's what the world wants to do. Truth is relative. Real truth and absolute truth is not accepted. It's like I said a minute ago, well, your truth may be different than mine. Is that not the stupidest thing in the world? That water's deep. Well, that may be your truth. Well, let's throw you out in the middle of it and see. Right? Truth is truth, isn't it? If the water's deep, it's deep. And we can prove that because you'll drown. Jesus spoke truth. His gospel is truth. Jesus came to the stage of the world as a singer. Or, and uh, I'm, 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 this, is, this is poetic uh, license here. He came as a singer and the world wanted a comedian. He came with a violin and the world wanted a trumpet. He came as an artist and the world wanted an athlete. He, uh, he is the light and truth and righteousness and the world wants darkness, a lie to suit them and the pleasures of unrighteousness. But my friend, a hundred years from now, you all know what the truth was. There is a payday someday, and it is based on truth. Jesus said that he's appointed a day in which the world will be, uh, be judged in righteousness. In righteousness he will judge. Not your truth, not the laws of this land, but in truth you will be judged one day. Well, let's move on. Number two, that's light has come into the world. Number two, man loves darkness. Man, mankind 
people love darkness. Number one, they love darkness, and it tells us in our passage, because their deeds are evil. Their deeds are evil. They can't help but be evil. I'm going to explain that in just a minute. But they love sin. And you know how it is. You take one bite, and that doesn't satisfy. You got to have two. You get one high, and that doesn't satisfy. You got to have two and three. Before long, you got to have it. You got to have it. And it never feels the same way as it did when you first started, but you just can't. Some of y'all that have dealt with addiction and stuff, you understand what I'm saying? I told my kids and young people, you listen to me, please listen, always listen to me, but especially on this, don't start, if you never start doing something, you'll never have to fight it. Say that a little louder, adults. If you never start something, you won't have to fight it. If you don't take that first look at pornography, it'll be easier to deny. If you don't take that first uh, uh, drug, you won't have to work hard at fighting it. Just do right. Believe God. Believe Jesus. shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed according to the truth, the word of God. Don't start it. But men do evil because they love evil and they perpetuate it in their life. Even the righteousness uh, of unregenerate men are as filthy rags because they are, they are not done for the glory of God and the love of Jesus. You know why evil men do good? Because to them, it's at, it's at that very moment the best way that they can be. It's the, the best choice for them that they can make. That's how the will of man works. Well, let me go on. Number two, man's deeds are evil because of... Now, here we go. Now, listen to me. Are y'all listening? That's why I like for you to take notes. It kind of makes you pay attention. You can throw them away when you finish, but it helps you pay attention. I want you to get, I'm not up here to give a good speech. You say, you're right about that. But I, I'm, I'm trying to teach you the Word of God. Now listen to me. Men's deeds are evil because of their nature. Now please, and I know you hear this from me a lot, but most churches won't hear this today. You won't hear a TV preacher saying this. Let me tell you something. Man is not basically good. I don't care how many Hallmark movies you watch. Man is not basically good. Man is basically, by nature, evil. And I know some people hate that. You may not, our people are used to me saying it, so I hope you believe me. I hope you understand it's the truth, but maybe you're here and you say, I just don't know if I believe that or not. I think man is basically good, really. You want to go to Chicago with me? Let's go to Portland. Well, well, that's just people who are mad. Let me tell you something. That comes out of the innermost. How in the world, how in the world could Hitler, we were talking about this last the other night, talk his whole, nearly his whole country into massacring a race of people. We're talking about educated people. We're not talking about third, let me tell you something, people in third worlds, uh, third world countries are usually a little more better than that, a little more better, I mean, that's something, are better than that. 
They've got an ethic for somewhere. How can people do this? How can we have the evil in this world? Because we bought this lie that men are basically good. Men are basically good according to their own standard. Do you know what's worse? Do you know what will kill more people than coronavirus today? Abortion. We will kill countless thousands of children today by abortion and our laws say that will be a righteous act. That's a lie of the devil. It's murder. It's murder. How in the world can we get to that place? How do we get to that place, brother? I tell you how we get to that place. Men are evil, and at the root of all evil is selfishness. This is going to inconvenience me. I've got to get rid of it. It's evil and it's wicked. Our deeds come from the desires of our heart and flesh. Man's nature, man's deeds are evil because of their nature. Our deeds come from the desires of our heart and our flesh. Okay? Stay with me. Romans 8, 7. Hear these verses. I've, I've recounted to you before, but you need to understand them. You need to hear them till you can quote them with me. Romans 8, 7. Because the carnal mind, that's the fleshy mind, it's all you are without Jesus. It's all you are when you're not saved. Before we're saved, the mind is at enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Now listen, nor indeed can be. Before you can understand the joys of God's grace and salvation, you must understand how very far away from him you were. Nor indeed can be. First Corinthians two fourteen. But the natural man, you before salvation, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And you know what you are before you're saved? Spiritually D E A D. You ever try to get a dead man to dance? On his own, on his own. He tie strings, I guess, in his arms and legs and like a marionette. You ever tried to get a dead man to sing? You ever tried to get a dead man to uh, 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 work? You say, Brother On, you're being foolish. Dead men can't do anything. And that's exactly what you were before you were saved, spiritually, Dead. That's how far away you were from salvation. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. What's, what's the difference? I'll tell you what makes the difference is that God shone the light in your eyes. Faith is the first cries of a newborn babe in Christ and God and brought you out of darkness and gave you new birth. That's the difference. You're a new person. And that old man died. And you've been made alive in Christ. And it makes a difference. You say, well, Brother Ron, I got saved, but it didn't ruin me. Then you didn't get saved. 
Because what you think is ruination before you're saved is actually regeneration after you're saved. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. Now, I'm not going to read it to you because we just did, but in Romans 3, you can go back to Romans 3, verses 10 through 18. He lists all the things. None understand. There's none that seeketh after God. There's none righteous. No, not one. That is a quotation from Psalm 14.1 and also 52, I believe. But anyway, 14.1, let me read you what God said way back in the Psalms. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. He said, Brother Ron, why would David assess that? It's not David assessing that. Listen, next phrase. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after him, who seek God. And this is his assessment. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. And you think you're going to save yourself. Anyone who says that they are in the light and practices darkness is deceived. Anyone who says they're in the light and practices as a habitual lifestyle. Everybody sins. We have fun. That's what we're going to deal with in John 6 is why do I struggle with sin? I hate it. I don't want to do it, but yet I fall into it. But these are the people who really secretly love their sin and they don't really want to do it. They're the people who act like they're glad to be at church, but they really would rather be home watching a game or a movie or somewhere else. They really are being fake and phony but they don't want to look out of place. They don't want anybody to suspect that they're not saved, but they really can't stand the things of God, spiritual things. 1 John 1, 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. That's pretty plain. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. 1 John 2, 9, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Let me tell you, we don't need to hear about social justice and this uh, critical race theory and, and uh, what's the other one, intersectionality, if y'all even know what all that mess means or all. Let me tell you, here's the thing. If you hate your brother, red, yellow, black, or white, you're lost! You're lost! You're lost! You do not know Christ if you hate somebody for any reason. Amen? First John 2:11. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. If you have hatred in your heart for anybody, for any reason, you are not saved. You are not born again.
Oh, you may, listen, people do bad things to us, don't we? People make us mad. And you may have some instantaneous anger and it may feel like and act like hate from you. But my friend, once you settle down and you begin to hear the Spirit of God in you, I believe it is possible for us to forgive anybody for the most heinous thing that they may do to us. Not because of us, not because of me. You hurt one of my family or me, I'll tell you what, I don't know what I do, but I want to tell you, I think God has put in me the ability to say, look, we're all sinners, and but for the grace of God, I'd be just like you. See, that's the problem. Some of you don't believe that. Oh, I could never be a Hitler. I could never be a, I could never be a, 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 a guy who died here recently, Helter Skelter, I can't even remember his name now. I could never be a Jeffrey Dahmer. I could never be, oh, yes, you could. But for the grace of God, you're sitting where you're sitting today. I got to go on. Man hates the light, number three. Man hates the light because the light is contrary to his nature. People love a Jesus who heals the sick and feeds the hungry and gives to the poor. But when he looks at his message, when these men look at the message of Christ, they don't want him anymore. Isn't that what happened to him? I mean, they held him as he came into Jerusalem. They waved palm branches in his way and they, they, they threw clothes uh, before his donkey to walk over and sang, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And my friend, not a day or two after that, they were crying, crucify him, crucify him. How could that happen? Because people wanted a deliverer from the Romans. People wanted someone to give them food every day. People wanted a healer. They just didn't think they needed a savior. And they didn't like his message. We want to be fed and healed and helped, but we don't try to put commitments, but don't, excuse me, don't try to put commitments and restraints on us. I want to be saved, but I don't want to have to help in vacation Bible school. Well, our flesh doesn't want to anyway. I understand that. But you know, there's something in you that wants to help somewhere for Christ when you get saved. We want to be fed and healed and helped, but don't try to put commitments and restraints on us. And don't ask us to give up our way of life. Sometimes there's a sacrifice that has to be made to serve and minister to the Lord Jesus Christ. Man hates the light because it is contrary to their desires and it reveals that they are the ones that must change. And they don't want to because the light exposes their sin. I mean, some of you here, now listen, it may be it may be, I just can't understand. It may be that you don't like coming to church here because you don't like the preacher. It may be you don't like our style of music or something like that, but I want to tell you what it probably is because the Spirit of God is on this church. And the people of this church are the finest, godliest, lovingest, acceptingest people in all the world. And if you're uncomfortable here in this church, the problem isn't this church. The problem is you. It is you. 
Because when you come here, you're going to hear the truth. You're going to hear the truth about your sin. You're going to hear the truth about this book. You're going to hear the truth about Jesus and his gospel. You're going to hear the truth about heaven, and you're going to hear the truth about hell. And we're not going to try to lean on one side or the other. We're going to preach the whole counsel of God as it comes in the next verse that is up for preaching. And people are uncomfortable because they don't when I say this, I don't mean we want everybody to belong. I mean, we want you to come, but they don't belong. They're not, they don't have what we have. There's something not right inside. I've got to go quickly here. John 15, 22, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Why? Because he revealed it. He shone his light upon them. Romans 8, 7, because the carnal mind's image with God is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. And they see the light and it shines and they don't like it. Number four in the main order of the notes here. Number four, he that does the truth comes to the light. Let's get to the positive side. He that comes to the, he that does the truth comes to the light. Now we don't do the truth to get in the light. We do the truth because we saw the light. Amen? And so we gravitate to it. It's like John says, here's one of the things that prove that you're saved. Uh, he that has, has passed from death into life believes in Jesus. You say, well, Brother Ron, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, but you don't understand what that means is you come to him. You continuously believe in him. He is your way. He's your truth. And he is your life. You don't come to church just because mama told you you ought to come to church. You come to church because you can't live without it. You've got to see the people of God. You've got to hear the word of God. You've got to worship with the people of God. You read your Bible not because daddy said you should. You read it because it is the food that nourishes your soul. You don't wait to come to church on Sunday to worship Jesus. You do it going down the road in your car. You do it walking in the park. You do it while you're working at work. Why is that? Because you come, come to the light and you're drawn to the light. You believe in Jesus. He that does the truth comes to light. Because, number one, they desire to be holy. They desire to be holy. Doing the truth means they believed. And those that believe have changed from darkness to light and desire to be cleansed from the darkness. That that used to hate the light has died, and now you've been reborn into something that loves the light. A true believer loves the teaching and the preaching of God's Word. It doesn't have to be from a hollering, yelling preacher. It can just be a simple, but it must be passionate. From a passionate heart, the truth of God's Word, and we just eat it up. A true believer is uncomfortable in the world and will run from the wickedness of the world. A true believer loves the things of God, loves uh, the things that God loves, and hates the things that God hates. And when a true believer stumbles into the darkness, they come to the light to be exposed and cleansed. You know why some people like coming to church on Sunday? Because they've done so bad through the week. And they, they've done something to fall and disappoint their Lord. And instead of staying home, they come to church so Brother Ron can step on their toes. Isn't that amazing? I hear it all the time. People want to go to revivals and, and, and stuff and preach on sin and preach hard. And people come through with a big old smile on their face. And what do they say? Man, preacher... You stepped on my toes. 
And I know some preachers, they don't like that. I love it. And you know why people are happy about saying that? That's what they want. They want cleansing. They want something to tell them how to live right. And, and they want to hear about Jesus. And, and they want to be drawn to the light, exposed. Exposed to the truth of Jesus and exposed in the things that they're doing so that they can repent. One of the cleanest feelings you will ever have in your life is as a Christian when you get broken over your sin and pour it out before God and feel his forgiving presence all over you. <laughs> and when a true believer stumbles in the darkness, they come to the light to be exposed and cleansed. Ephesians 5:26, and he, Jesus, that he, Jesus, might sanctify and cleanse you, that is the church, with the washing of water by the word. They come to the light because, number two, they are, or be in your outline, because they are the work of God. You know why Christians live like Christians? Now, not perfectly, but you know why you have a desire to serve and love Jesus and do something for the kingdom of God? It's because you are the work of God. Philippians 1, 6, being come to this very thing that he that began a good work and you will complete it in the day of Christ Jesus. These are some of my favorite verses. I love this. What joy, what encouragement that you're going to be where God wants you to be when that time to be called home is. Now, the thing is, some of you are going to get there being dragged over every thorn bush and rock in the road, but some of us are going to follow him gladly and willingly. Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. That ought to be your prayer today. Oh, God, today do your work in me for righteousness. Help me not to get mad when I have to sacrifice. Help me not to get mad when, I, when you bring me through dark waters, knowing that at the end of every dark place there will be sunshine, a purpose, and salvation. Well, conclusion. I have to warn you, it's a two-pager. <laughs> but I'm almost, I'm finished. I guess to find out where... Whether you're in darkness or light, I could ask, how'd you like this message? You say, I wish, I wish you'd shut up so I can go home. You might be in darkness. But if you say, Brother Ron, I came here and I have fallen in sin. I have done things. I, I, I hollered at my husband. I, I, I was mean to my wife. I wasn't a good parent to my kids this week. I did something that wasn't right and good, and I came just with a bad attitude. But bless God, God has convicted me, and, and I'm so glad that I came to church to be exposed to the light. That's because you had light in you. Tried to cover it up maybe, but it's in you. Amen. Does the convicting power of Scripture and the preaching of the Word give you hope or does it make you mad or uncomfortable? Do you want to come to the light or do you want to get out of here and get to a restaurant? This is condemnation. This is the Scripture. That's what he said. This is condemnation. The light has come to you today and you don't want it. Now, let me tell you the truth. If you leave here rejecting the light, you are condemned by God. The Bible said it. You're condemned already. He doesn't need 
witnesses. He doesn't need a jury. He is the omniscient God. He knows you're guilty. And he has already pronounced sentence on you. But you're breathing, so guess what? He's saying to you, come to the light. Some Christians here today used to be faithful to Bible study prayer. Some of these things, I've got this written out so I can uh, remember it. And it's in the context of us having church like we used to. <laughs> like we will one day, amen? Some of you used to be faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night to the church of God. And you'll say you don't have to be, I hear this all the time, well, you don't have to be at church every time the doors are open. But I'm not as concerned that you, won't, that, uh, you want to stay at home and watch TV as I am that you don't want to come to church and worship God. I don't understand how somebody who is saved doesn't want to come to church and worship God serve him and witness. I don't understand it. Hear preaching and singing and fellowship. Why don't you want to be exposed to the truth like you once did? If that's the case with you. Over in India years ago there was a missionary and he was there at the time of a full eclipse that had come in to India, over India. And it was fixing to plunge the whole place into darkness. And their, in their idolatry, they all prepared for this because they, they believed it was some snake god that was going to be swallowing up the light and, and the evil spirits were going to be let out. And so they'd go down to this river. All of them would go down this river and they'd get into the river and they'd wash in the river to keep the evil spirits away. And it was very satanic and demonic. And this missionary that was there, actually, uh, he was a missionary, but he was just visiting there. And he's watching this in the city there where he was. And here came the darkness and the, the, the moon went across the sun and the place went dark and the people rushed screaming and hollering, going through ritual, rituals and diving into the water and doing what all they did and going through the rituals. He said, and all the melee and all of the things that were going on, he said, I sat there and as the people went down to the river to do their things, they got away in the noise. But in the distance in another place, I heard a group of native Christians singing, the whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Like sunlight at noonday, his glory shone in. The light of the world is Jesus. Is this light today? Maybe you're saying it's, not, it's too bright in here, spiritually. Come into the full exposure of its divine rays and be fully cleansed. And I'll tell you what, the blight of your life will be when you have to walk amongst the darkness. Christian, are you getting accustomed to the dark? I mean, we can do that. I was talking to uh, a Garrett yesterday at a party uh, yesterday, and, and I was talking to him, and he was talking about how he's disappointed we didn't have camp this year. He said, you know, I, used to, I like going to camp. He said, because 
you can't take your cell phones, you can't take your music, you got to stay away from the television, and you just kind of get away from things and the pressure of, uh, uh, of, of living the way sometimes you do and the pressures of, of uh, school and work, and, and it's all, and you're just kind of there and you're around other Christians, and the Lord is able to work in you. And it's just, I, listen, I understand exactly what he means. And then you got to leave and come back to real life. And sometimes we get so involved, and you've got to. We're in the world. We've got to be in the world. Amen? That's why you ought to steal away and pray and read your Bible and come to church and be around the people of God and put your stinking phones down. Put your stinking phones down. Get off your computers. Get away from the television. Get away from, from, from uh, those things and spend some time with God and pray and read your Bible. And get up and go minister to someone else. Get out amongst the community. Hey, take a risk and go tell someone about Jesus. Do something for Jesus' sake. Be light. Reflect that light. Well, anyway, I kind of got off of my subject. But if you're here today and you know, Brother Ron, I don't know what, I don't know what has happened, but I, for the first time in my life, I hate this old stinking world and I hate my sin and I, I want to be in the light. I want to know the truth. I want to know Christ. I got good news for you. You can. Come to the light. It's shining for thee. Sweetly the light has dawned upon once I was blind, but now I can see. The light of the world is Jesus. <laughs>